Hello, 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 hello. I think we're recording. How about that intro, though? <laughs> um, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Wright, and I'm bringing you the first of hopefully many iterations of a podcast I'm going to call Standing Ovations. Standing O for short. That's kind of a working title right now until I can come up with something better. But for now, it's just going to be me talking about things I like, things that I think are cool, and then eventually talking to friends and talking about God knows what. I'm excited. I have some ideas. Should be fun, but enough of that. More of that later. And today, we're here as the first episode. I'm going to talk about something that I'm really excited about. I know a lot of other people are excited about, and that is the third season of Stranger Things. Now, honestly, I completely forgot about this show. Because over the past year and a half, myself and a bunch of other people have been so obsessed with the conclusion of Game of Thrones that I just completely forgot about it. I completely forgot it was happening. It was just in the back of my mind, buried in a deep, deep place. And come middle of June, I, <laughs> after the wound was just starting to heal, after the horrific conclusion that was season 8 of Game of Thrones... I realized, holy shit, I have like three weeks left and then Stranger Things is here. And just as I was I was thinking about that, of course, Netflix drops a great trailer and the hype is back on. And so over this next, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes or so, break down the season, what I liked, what I didn't, um, talk about that crazy finale and then what to expect from a an imminent season four. And so... To begin, I mean, obviously, it takes place on the 4th of July, which was when also it was released. And if you're like me and obsessed with television, I did absolutely nothing on the 4th of July and became a full-fledged hermit and binged it the entire way through. It was great. Eight hours flew by, and I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> and But so we begin kind of the 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 season begins very much like the second one did where we're not in Hawkins at all it actually starts in a completely different town hell completely different continent it actually starts in this place called Kanchaka Russia I think I'm pronouncing that right and if you look it up on a map it's actually in the northeast yeah northeast corner of Russia in the middle of absolutely nowhere and so we we begin there and we're greeted with this machine and these crazy Russians that are trying to open a portal into the upside down, very much like the one in Hawkins. And it fails, it explodes, and in the most violent way possible, people just melt. It's pretty awesome. And then that crazy Russian Terminator looking dude's like, You have one year. And then we cut to our credit scene, or opening credit scene, I should say. And then we go to Hawkins, and <laughs> the first scene in Hawkins really caught me off guard. It's like oh, I—it's <laughs> kind of like a holy shit moment um, with Mike and Eleven just making out. They—they they kissed a few times last season, but I was just so caught off guard. They're just going for it. I just thought it was hilarious, and it's kind of kind of a running theme this entire season. Was this like they're not kids anymore? This like this. This theme of growth, this theme of change, and I'll get back to it a little bit later, especially at the end. But it it's something that's touched on throughout the season. Is that they're it, they're really not kids anymore, and they you can tell. I mean, they look if you look at scenes from the first season, they look like 
fetuses. They look so young. And now they, they really are like young adults. They're getting to that, that stage of, of experimenting relationships, life, and everything that it has to offer. And in some people, some of the kids, it's, they're kind of divided. Some of the kids are trying to really come out of their shells and figure out who they are, like Mike and Lucas, who are experimenting with girlfriends and 11 and Max, respectively. But then there's Will, who is really kind of stuck still in this, this world of wanting to be a kid. And you kind of you feel for the the, the kid because there's one scene where <laughs> where Mike and Lucas are talking about like relationship problems and girls and they're like like oh what do we do? And poor Will's just sitting over at the table in Mike's basement like setting up D and D. He's like, can we play now? Can we play now? And you feel so bad for him because they he. But you, you really just you feel bad for Will because all you want for him is to have fun with his friends again, and that's all he really wants to do. But deep down, you he he knows that he nothing will ever really be the same, and and that that moment I think really comes for him when he destroys Fort Byers, and I'll I'll touch a little more on that later. But I'll start with just the overall plot of the the show in case you haven't seen it. So I mean, duh, there's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show. Do yourself a solid. Watch the show. It's great. You'll enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, final warning. Spoilers. So, um, obviously, the end of last season, the L locks the door. Um, the Mind Flayer is gone, or so we think. But part of the Mind Flayer is still in Hawkins. And that is really what the plot of this season revolves around, is killing the Mind Flayer once And to kill the Mind Flayer... It, it or before they can kill the mind flayer, the mind flayer has to find a new host, and that host they, which Netflix teased in the final trailer, was going to be Billy, which I was super psyched about. Saw the trailer and immediately got excited because I thought, holy shit, they're finally going to put Billy to good use. They're going to use his character and really make him this evil villain that I never really thought he he fulfilled last season. And so, sure enough, that happens, and I think it was episode two. He crashes his car uh, near the uh, the steelworks, and he hears a sound. He goes in, mind flare fucks him up, and he is now the new host. And Billy really evolves throughout the entire show, and I thought they did such a good job with his character. And it's it's a huge shout out to um, to Dakry Montgomery, who is the actor who plays Billy, and I kind of feel bad for him because. <laughs> He doesn't really have a whole lot of great shows or movies to show for it. The only other movie I've seen him in was Power Rangers, and it was fucking awful. If you want a good laugh, go watch that movie because it's really, really bad. So hopefully, because of the performance he gave in this third season of Stranger Things, he lands some bigger and more influential roles that are better than the Red Power Ranger. Um, <laughs> but no... Billy was really great. They gave him such a great story arc because we didn't really know a whole lot of background about Billy. Last season, we just knew he was kind of a dick. Um, but but this season, L kind of gets into his mind towards the end of the season, and we learn that, that Billy really had a troubled childhood. His dad was an asshole and was just super abusive, abused him, treated him like shit, treated his mother horribly, 
and his mother actually left, and poor Billy is stuck with his abusive father. And of course, he, because he doesn't know what else to do, he takes on, he learns the, the bad traits of his father, ends up like bullying kids at school, and we see all these visions, or Elsie's sees all these visions, as it's, I should say, um, of Billy doing all these things, and then eventually Max coming into their lives. But but it's really a great redemption arc. And when Eleven is like on the ground and beaten up really badly at the end and, and the mind flare is in its full and final form in Starcourt about to kill Eleven, Billy's on top of Elle and she, she just starts talking to him about his mother and how pretty she was and all these things. And you can see the black, the black like veins of the mind flare kind of recede from Billy's face as as he um, kind of realizes who he is and despite all those bad things, he really is like inside a good person. It's this full kind of redemption circle. And as, as the mind flayer attempts to kill L, he sacrifices himself and eventually dies. Um, and I kind of, I, I wanted to feel bad for him. I did. There's part of me that did because I thought it was really good um, redemption arc, but it, it felt, I wouldn't say predictable, but, but it's not expected, but it was, it was kind of underwhelming. I guess that's the one thing that, that really kind of, that I didn't like a whole lot about this season is I never really felt wowed or like there were never any super shocking moments that I'd really hoped for. And I think it's kind of, I've developed a bad habit, I think because of shows like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad that leave me with some of these moments that are just like, holy shit, what did I just see? Like, you can't comprehend it. You jump up on the couch, you scream. And as much as I loved the story of this third season of Stranger Things, there weren't any, any of, the, there weren't a whole lot of those moments. Like, I knew it's all the times that Eleven fought the Mind Flayer, and you think, oh, she's going to lose. Like, Billy messed her up a few times um, at the pool. They, she, he beat her up pretty badly, and then in the final scene, she gets messed up pretty bad, and in uh, Hopper's cabin as well. But I never, you never feel like she's at risk. You know, she's not going to die. She's the main character of this show. If they were going to kill her off, they would have done it already, and they kind of did in season one. So there's no way they're going to do it again. And that's kind of what bumped me out about the whole thing is I never thought she was at risk even I mean I could say the same thing for all the characters I never thought they were really at risk I knew maybe one or two people would die but they were never going to be super important characters like I honestly I was super bummed about uh, Alexi dying good old Smirnoff I was super bummed about him because I thought he was absolutely hilarious he was a super good addition Netflix huge thumbs up for that he was awesome um but I mean and, and I knew that would be a, a character that was important, that was going to die. I just, I, I guess it didn't surprise me that it was Hopper. It, it made sense in the end because, I mean, I knew the second he like walked down onto that platform with the big spinning machine and he was fighting the Russian dude that he was, he was toast. I mean, there was no two ways around it. But that being said, I mean, I guess I can, I can jump to the, the conclusion now because I'm already here, but I don't think he died, and that's not a an uncommon theory that's been talked about a lot. I've been seeing it on Reddit everywhere, is that when he 
when um, uh, Joyce pulls the key to uh, to like make the machine explode, and because Hopper gives her like the like the the head nod, like yes, do it. And there's a split second where the screen kind of goes dark, and then when they when the scene or when it comes back and it shows the machine exploding, Hopper isn't there, and so the 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 big theory, the one that's going around right now, is that he actually jumped into the portal. He jumped into the upside down, and that he is still alive. Because in the first scene of the whole show, when the first machine explodes in Russia, all the people that were in there kind of just turned to like this goop. This it's pretty gross, and there's no remains of Hopper. Once the dust settles, there's nothing. There's no sign of him even there. And so I don't know. It's hard to tell what Joyce thinks. I think she was just so caught up in the grief for her to realize that, oh, shit, maybe he actually jumped into the portal. And I think that that suspicion is is um, really clarified in the, the post credit scene, which thumbs up to, to Netflix and Stranger Things. I did not see that coming, but, man, I was stoked when it came. And we're back in Russia, and there are two guards walking down um, looks like it's through this prison or some underground facility of some sort. I don't know if it was the same one that we saw in the first scene, but it, it looks very similar. But the important thing here is when they walk past uh, two of the two of the cells, one of the guards walks up and begins to open a, a cell, and the other guard's like, "No, not the American." Um, and so we're left who one? I mean, assume. I can, I can, I feel like I can 100% say that that is, that has to be Hopper. I really think it, it's not going to be anyone else. And, but the question remains is if, if it really is Hopper, how the hell did he get there? Because if he jumps into the upside down, he just, he just goes into the, he's in the same place where he, he, he jumps into it. He's, he is buried below the Starcourt Mall, but it is, is in the upside down world. So, or, but then there's there's the question, excuse me. The question begs is how the hell did he get from Hawkins, Indiana to the middle of Russia? Um, so that is hopefully a question they resolve. Oh man, I'm burping, excuse me. <laughs> um, hopefully that's a question they re- resolve in season four. And I assume that season four is going to be if if I I can't see a reason why it's not Hopper, but the the fourth season is going to be essentially a rescue mission. Um, whether they go to Russia to get him, which with the insane budget that Netflix has given Stranger Things, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. But also, I could I could if there is a way to go through that port that uh, the portal and kind of teleport, if you will, to Russia, that would also make sense, which would also be pretty cool. Um, but I just, I think the way that, that season three ended, I think it's going to be based around, uh, a holiday again, because like the past two seasons, last season revolved around Halloween, this one, 4th of July. And at the end when Mike and 11 are talking, Mike's like, Oh, you can come visit like Thanksgiving or Christmas. So I imagine they're going to release it and the show will take place around Christmas or Thanksgiving pretty safe assumption, um, which would also make sense because with our gang split up, they would need a reason to all come back. And I think they're going to be signs, um, that, that point towards Hopper being in Russia, whether he's able to communicate like Will did when he was in the upside down in season one. I don't know. Bunch of questions left unanswered. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see things I didn't touch on. 
um, were some of the other new characters in the show besides Alexi. Um, uh, Robin, who I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, she worked so well with Steve, and she just gave Steve so much shit, and I loved it. And so they bounced off each other really well. And then with the addition of Dustin and Erica, who also had a much bigger role in this season, they were just absolutely hilarious. Um, obviously, Maury, who we saw a little bit, or Murray, I should say, who we saw a little bit last season, who I thought had a much better role in this season. He was kind of a dick at some times, but um, he was still really equally as, as funny as he was last season. Um, and then other new characters, I think that's it. I mean, all of our characters really perform in the same functions as they did last season. I mean, I guess you could mention Susie. Susie, who's there for like two or three minutes just to sing a song with Dustin, which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, those are the really new characters that added to the show. And I don't think any of them really were were negatives to the show at all. The Russian Terminator dude, I don't even remember his name. I don't know if they said his name. I just kind of referred to him as the Russian Terminator. Um... So he was great, didn't talk a whole lot, but still was pretty cool. Hopper messed him up a few times, which was fun to watch. Um, fighting scenes were always good. Um, and so, yeah, those are the biggest takeaways I have. But I think it, I, I've watched it pretty much twice now. I watched it once all the way through, and then I, my mom got about halfway through, and I rewatched the the last half with her. So I've seen it about one and a half times. Um and I think I still think the biggest the biggest takeaways and themes from the whole show is this like theme of growth and that that things are never gonna be the same. And I think that's that's pretty evident if you look at like this one of the beginning scenes like eleven is just you can see after after Mike leaves her house and she's hanging out with him for a while, she like falls back on the bed with this huge smile on your face and she has everything. She has the boy, she has the friends, her life is happy. And contrast that with the 11 we see at the end of the show where she's like leaning on the bus window, just tears pouring down her face. And she goes from having everything to absolutely nothing. Um, and it, it, I mean, obviously it contrasts with the letter that Hopper wrote where he talks about like change and he knows that like, I want you to be my little girl, but I know it's not going to happen. And so it'll be really interesting to see in, in season four, if they kind of continue with this theme of, of growth, which I think they should, because it, it's, I mean, obviously these, these kids, these actors are growing up and they're growing up fast. I mean, if there's a year and a half, two years in between each, each season, they're going to be, they're going to be 17, 18 years old by the time next season rolls around. I mean, 11, uh, Millie Bobby Brown really has, I mean, if you look at her from season one to now, she looks like a completely different person. So who knows what, how much older she's going to look two seasons from now. I think, Dustin always is going to look like he's a 12 year old boy. Um, and same with Mike, but it can't be said for the other characters. They're just, they're just getting older and older. So either Netflix has to change their strategy with the show, which I think they, they did pretty well this season or, or they're just going to have to start filming quicker, which I don't think is going to happen. They haven't officially greenlit a season four yet, but I, with the success of season three, I wouldn't be surprised if they give, the Duffer Brothers, a uh, huge thumbs up uh, sometime in the near future. So I hope you enjoyed this first edition of Standing O. Um, I give season three of Stranger Things a huge thumbs up. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please hit me up on all forms of social media, and I will see you all in the next episode. Peace.